Chapter Seventeen of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Seventeen. The Indian Summer. Look forth on the forest ere autumn wind scatters its frondage of scarlet and purple and gold that forest through which the great father of waters for thousands of years his broad current has rolled gaze over that forest of opaline hue with a heaven above it of glorious blue and say is there seen in this beautiful world where nature more gaily her flag has unfurled or thinkest thou that e'en in the region of bliss there's a landscape more truly elysian than this behold the dark sumac in crimson arrayed whose veins with the deadliest poison are rife and side by her side on the edge of the glade the sassafras laurel restorer of life behold the tall maples turned red in their hue and the muscadine vine with its clusters of blue and the lotus whose leaves have scarce time to unfold ere they drop to discover its berries of gold and the bay tree perfumed never changing its sheen and forever enrobed in its mantle of green and list to the music borne over the trees it falls on the ear giving pleasure ecstatic the song of the birds and the hum of the bees commingling their tones with the ripples erratic hark hear you the red-crested cardinal's call from the groves of anona from tulip tree tall the mocking-bird responding below in the glade the dove softly cooing in mellower shade while the oriole answers in accents of mirth oh where is their melody sweeter on earth in infamy now the bold slanderer slumbers who falsely declared twas a land without song had he listened as i to those musical numbers that live in its woods through the summer day long had he slept in the shade of its blossoming trees or inhaled their sweet balm ever loading the breeze he would scarcely have ventured on statements so wrong for plants without perfume her birds without song ah closet philosopher sure in that hour you have never beheld the magnolia's flower surely here the hesperian gardens were found for how could such land to the gods be unknown and where is there spot on african ground so like to a garden a goddess would own and the dragon so carelessly guarding the tree which the hero whose guide was a god of the sea destroyed before plucking the apples of gold was not but that monster the mammoth of old if earth ever owned spots so divinely caressed sure that region of eld was the land of the west the memory of that scene attunes my soul to song awakening any muse from the silence in which she has long slumbered but the voice of the coy maiden is less melodious than of yore she shies me for my neglect and despite the gentlest courting refuses to breathe her divine spirit over a scene worthy of a sweeter strain and this scene lay not upon the classic shores of the hellespont not in the famed valleys of alp and apennine not by the romantic borders of the rhine but upon the banks of mud creek in the state of tennessee in truth it was a lovely landscape or rather a succession of landscapes through which i rode after leaving the cabin of my hospitable host it was the season of indian summer that singular phenomenon of the occidental clime when the sun as if ruining his southern declension appears to return along the line of the zodiac he loves better the virgin than aquarius and lingering to take a fond look on that fair land he has fertilized by his beams 
dispels for a time his intruding antagonist the hoary boreas but his last kiss kills there is too much passion in his parting glance the forest is fired by its fervour and many of its fairest forms the rival trod of the north may never clasp in his cold embrace in sooty like devotion they scorn to shun the flame but with outstretched arms inviting it offer themselves as a holocaust to him through the long summer day has smiled upon their trembling existence at this season of the year too the virgin forest is often the victim of another despoiler the hurricane sweeping them with spiteful breath this rude destroyer strikes down the trees like fragile reeds prostrating at once the noblest and humblest forms not one is left standing on the soil for the clearing of the hurricane is a complete work and neither stalk sapling nor stump may be seen where it has passed even the giants of the forest yield to its strength as though smitten by the hand of a destroying angel uprooted they lie along the earth side by side the soil still clinging to the clavicles of their roots and their leafy tops turn to the lee in this prostrate alignment slowly to wither and decay a forest thus fallen presents for a time a picture of melancholy aspect it suggests the idea of some grand battlefield where the serried hosts by a terrible discharge of grape and canister have been struck down on the instant not one being left to look to the bodies of the slain neither to bury nor remove them like the battlefield too it becomes the haunt of wolves and other wild beasts who find among the fallen trunks if not food a fastness securing them from the pursuit both of hound and hunter here in hollow log the black she-bear gives birth to her loutish cubs training them to climb over the decaying trunks here the lynx and red cougar choose their cunning convert here the raccoon rambles over his beaten track the sly possum crawls warily along the log or goes to sleep among the tangle of dry rhizomes while the gaunt brown wolf may be oft heard howling amidst the ruin or in hoarse bark baying the midnight moon in a few years however the sombre scene assumes a more cheerful aspect an undergrowth springs up that soon conceals the skeletons of the dead trees plants and shrubs appear often of different genera and species from those that hitherto usurped the soil and the ruin is no longer apparent the mournful picture gives place to one of luxuriant sweetness the more brilliant sheen of the young trees and shrubs now covering the ground and contrasting agreeably with the sombre hues of the surrounding forest no longer reigns that melancholy silence that for a while held dominion over the scene if at intervals be heard the wild scream of the cougar or the distant howling of wolves these scarcely interrupt the music falling endlessly upon the ear the red cardinals the orioles the warbling fringildae and the polyglot thrushes who meet here as if by agreement to make this lovely sylvan spot the scene of their forest concerts shortly after leaving the cabin of this young backwoodsman my path hitherto passing under the gloomy shadows of the forest debouched upon just such a scene i had been warned of its proximity my host at parting had given me directions as to how i should find my way across the harrican through which ran the trace that conducted to the clearing of the squatter some two miles further down the creek i was prepared to behold a track of timber laid prostrate by the storm the trees all lying in one direction and exhibiting the usual scathed and dreary aspect instead of this on emerging from the dark forest i was agreeably surprised by a glorious landscape that burst upon my view it was as already stated that season of the year when the american woods array themselves in their most attractive robes when the very leaves appear as if they were flowers so varied and brilliant are their hues 
when the foliage of the young beeches become a pale yellow and glimmers translucent against the sun when the maples are dying off on a deep red and the sumac and sassafras turning respectively crimson and scarlet when the large droops of the osage orange the purple clusters of the fox grape and the golden berries of the persimmon or virginian lotus hang temptingly from the tree just at that season when the benignant earth has perfected and is about to yield up her annual bounty and all nature is gratefully rejoicing at the gift no wonder i was agreeably impressed by the gorgeous landscape no wonder i reined up and permitted my eyes to dwell upon it while my heart responded to the glad chorus that from bird and bee was rising up to heaven around me i too felt joyous under the reflection that amid such lovely scenes i had chosen my future home End of chapter 17